Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Welcome once again to Freedom to Choose in our series, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison. What prison? What prison are we talking about? I think it's the prison of our own minds. Yeah, and I think to, to, to today's program... Program uh, number 14. For, uh, number 14 uh, of, of Could It Be This Simple? Um, today's program... Uh, just like the previous program, is really, really going to get into the how we can be prisoned in our minds. What you know? What are those things controlling our mind? What What are those things that are spinning uncontrollable in our man, minds that take us over? That take up space. That take up space. Yeah, in and, our minds. In our minds and mm-hmm. cause us um, a lot of harm, a lot of frustration. Uh, they play over I, and over, and I think it 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 causes us to 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 miss out on life too, right? You know, and uh, um, not being willing to forgive causes us to miss out on life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with prayer before we get into this, Susan. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the principle of forgiveness, and that um, with uh, your strength and your power and and understanding. Uh, your principles of love, we are, we'll, we would be capable of, of forgiving people who have harmed us and and being able to uh, be changed people. And Lord, right now, I just pray that you will send your spirit to all of us, um, especially those of us that um, have an unforgiving spirit or have things that we need to um, let go of in our lives, that you would help us to do that. And uh, we thank you for the opportunity to talk once again about your principles, and we ask for your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and this is like we like we mentioned. This is program fourteen, um, and on program thirteen, uh, a previous program, we started dealing with forgiveness and the myths of forgiveness. And so, uh, if you're interested in you, you didn't catch that myth number one. Uh, was forgiveness comes after the offending in- individual says they're sorry. And myth number two is uh, God's forgiveness equals salvation. Both of those are myths, and we've dealt with them in previous program, in the in program number 13. And we're going to deal with myth number three now. That is, forgiving someone means that what he or she did was okay. Now, this is a big one because... Your gut kind of tell I kind of let them off the hook when I forgive them. You know what I'm saying? Like you have that power. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. Isn't that interesting? You know, yeah. you shall be as gods, right? Because right. we, we do. We think we got all that power and stuff, and that if and we the, forgive, and the reality is, is we're giving our power up to the person that harmed us, or in our minds harmed us. We 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 don't have that power. We don't have that power. Right. Yeah, and so the, 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 yeah, the power that God is giving us is the power of forgiveness. Hmm. 
Yeah, and that's where the you know the power of love and the power of forgiveness is where God's power comes from. It's that it's that power that kneels down and washes a dozen pair of dirty feet that blows my mind. It's it's like it's opposite as to what the as the, what the world teaches, right? You get power, e- if yeah. you get even you show them your power. Exactly. Yeah. Then then you're on top again. But God is saying, no, the person that humbles themselves, who's willing to let go of hurts and willing to be a forgiving spirit, those are the people that are that um are are will be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because see, Peter wasn't free when he tried to cut the guy's ear off. No. And he wasn't free when he tried to run and hide and, and deny Jesus. He wasn't free. The, the the power came from finally him coming to the realization that Jesus came to go deep with him. Jesus came to, to take those fears away and take the retaliation and the resentment away. Right, and he, and, and he finally, after Jesus' death on the cross, he finally saw what God was like in, in Jesus' form, that, that God was willing to do whatever it took in order to show that fear and anger and hate and an unforgiving spirit are not of his kingdom. No, and you it looked... Be, because the disciples thought that God was going to come and he was going to destroy their enemies. Wipe out the enemies. But the thing is, the enemy is us. Yeah. The enemy is in our own minds. Yeah. It's not other people. No, no. If the pro, You know, that's one thing they, they teach you in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is if uh, there's really, really good news, really good news... And that is that the problem resides resides in you, right? You know, in me. In other words, first person. That, right. That's the great news. Because if it is the judge, if it is the cops, if it is my wife, if if it is my children, if it is this, if it is my job, if it is my boss, I got a problem because I can't control that. Right. But it's not that the problem resides in me, and that's why Jesus says you got a log in your eye, dude. But and not only that, but Jesus says that's why a yoke up with me. Yeah, because my burden is light, and we when we come together in this thing called life, and and I'm your partner, and I'm the one that's that's holding the weight of of your conscience and your circumstances and your fears and everything. Then we walk together, and that burden is less. Mm-hmm. And those ways, those walking in His way, mm-hmm. you know, on how He treated the people, um, and how He, I just, it's amazing, you know. He did all the things that were not culturally cool to do, like right. touching lepers and, and speaking to the Samaritan woman who, yeah. who his disciples said were dogs. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And it kind of, I think it really like blew their minds, and they're like, "What is he doing?" And allowing a woman to anoint him at mm-hmm. a at a Bible study meeting, you right. know, where they were supposed to sit in the back row at best, or not even be in the room. Right. So Jesus kind of came and he turned everything upside down. And it wasn't until after he came, after he was crucified and came back after and was with them for 40 days that they really began to see how they had things all wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And then and then once they got all this stuff out of the way, then the Holy Spirit, they were was ready able, to receive. Ready to receive. Right, because then God, it's kind of, I don't know if this is right or not theologically, but it's almost <laughs> like God could then trust them to send what they needed and then they would use it appropriately because you know what if i like um i don't know if i you know if god gives me like a whole bunch of money right now you know or maybe you know earlier in my past i would have taken it and used it for my own good right right and so 
I'm hoping, you know, that we change and we realize that God's blessings abound and not everything is meant for you. <laughs> you know, it's meant to give. Yeah. And and that, that, that spirit was poured out because they were prepared to receive it. Right. If you're not prepared to receive it, if you're not prepared to receive his forgiveness, right. you can't experience it. Right. So the heart needs to be melted. Remember Jesus told Nicodemus the qualification is? You need a new heart and a right spirit. You must be born again. Right. It's the only way. The old man's got to die. The old man's got to die. You know, he's got to die. He's got to go away. And you need to be like a newborn babe on the milk. Mm-hmm. Be humbled. And and uh, when the old man dies and we become like like newborn babes, then we're able to start. Everything changes. Right. It turns. Everything changes. But what we're talking about, these myths of forgiveness are a part of this process in which we're able to finally get that clutter out of the way between us and God and get closer and closer to him. And then and then we're we're let out more and more from the prison. You yeah, know, we, from we that clear prison. we clear the things out of our mind that keep us bound to to um, things that are killing us whether it be anger or hate or or the, or the resentments that we were talking about in an earlier program. Getting rid of those resentments and and you know, a resentment is feeling again, refeeling or feeling it all over, making a judgment and refeeling it. That's you can get in and you can actually dig that poison out of your soul and let it go. Let it go. And let dig it, go. it out, and you become a new person. And and it's you you you. It's almost like the you know the blinders are lifted off, and now you see things from a new lens. Yeah, yeah. And the, the lens is clearer and cleaner and brighter. We learn to be able to treat our brother as we would treat a sick friend. Right. And as we want to be treated. And as we want to be treated. Right. Rather than judging them, we treat them as we would a sick friend because we're all dying of the same disease, the infection of fear and selfishness, aren't we? Absolutely. So forgiving someone, so does forgiving others mean approval of what they did? No, it does not. But many people do believe that if we forgive others, then what they did has been neutralized or canceled. And therefore, we say it's okay. Okay, so we're dealing with myth number three Correct. now, right? Forgiving right. someone means that what he or she did was okay. Right. Yeah, this is a misunderstanding. It results from the basic misunderstanding about sin. That we, we've already discussed that in a previous program. If sin is primarily a legal problem, and forgiveness is a judicial act by which a powerful potentate forgives and erases the record, then poof, no punishment. The person's off the hook. Right. But as we've already discovered, sin damages the sinner. And even if forgiven, the effect has already occurred. The damage has already occurred. The injury to our minds can be healed only by the work of the Holy Spirit through repentance and application of the truth. Those forgiven by God, but who never repent, do not allow God to heal their damaged minds, and thus they remain lost. The various groups who crucified Christ would fall into this category. Yeah, but but even those who do, who do repent, while they experience healing of the heart and mind, they don't necessarily escape the consequences of sin. You know, I mean, for instance, King David he committed adultery with a friend's wife. When she became pregnant, David murdered Uriah, the husband, to cover up his sin. After doing all this, David was forgiven. He repented. I mean, you can hear it. You can read his prayers. You know, creating me a new heart, O Lord, renew a right spirit. I mean, he's really he's really looking for cleansing. He's really sorry for what he does. And he does turn. He experienced a real heart change. He was reconciled to God, but Uriah was dead. And David's crime against him remained. 
David's sin led to a rebellion within the kingdom, culminating in Absalom's attempt to depose his father as ruler. It's like flicking a domino. Right, so his son in turn sees all this happen, and then he you know, wants to go steal the kingdom from him. Yeah, if the king does it, it's okay. Right, so David, David was forgiven, so did he get away from his sin? No, he did not. Even though David was forgiven, he had scars from his unhealthy choices. So when we forgive, we are not endorsing unhealthy behavior. To the contrary, we are demonstrating the only healthy response that there is. So when you forgive someone, because it's kind of hard, but that doesn't endorse what they did. Right. It does not endorse what they did. No. And you know what? Forgiveness is is an act that will heal us as a, as a person. If you're the one on, that's doing the forgiving, it actually is healing to you. Yeah. See, David did not get away with his sins. Right. He was damaged from then on. And and was the nation. And was the nation. Yes. You don't get away with sin. Right. Sin, sin causes sin, damage. The wages of sin is death. Right. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. He who sows to the carnal nature, from that nature reaps destruction. The Bible's very clear. Sin happens in people. It's not breaking the rules. It's way more. It's harming people. It's being selfish. It's acting out in fear. Well, there's that story I know that I've heard Dr. Jennings talk about the um, someone who comes in and they've been sexually molested and sexually abused, and I know I'm, I've been in that position, so I can understand the story. Do you remember the one I'm oh, talking about? Oh, yeah, when he when he said that uh, to the to the person who the had person. Been okay, let, let's go back and let's 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 just imagine that we take you, Susan, to heaven, mm-hmm. and God is there, and He says, "Okay, I'll give you two choices." You can go back down there to earth. You can live your life just as you've lived it all the way through being the abused. Or you can go back down to earth and we will trade places and you can now be your abuser. Which would you choose? And, and you know, as I would be, I would, I would choose to be who I am. Right. You know, as painful as the experiences that I'd gone through have been and how they've affected my life, I would not want to be the person. The abuser. Right. They're damaged. Right. See, and that's it. They're sick friends, if you will. I mean, Jesus always called his enemy friend, believe it or not. Doesn't mean we've got to go hang out with him. Doesn't mean, but we do need to treat them like they're sick. And I, I think I said in a previous program, I pray for them because I know one thing, they're almost as sick as I am. We all are infected with fear and selfishness. We're all dying of the same disease, and God just wants to heal us. He wants to make us well Mm -hmm. from that. Right, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that there are not civil consequences. Oh yeah, that's a whole different ballgame. And ultimately, um, eternal consequences if Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't repent and change their ways. Yeah, and they're still going to. Yeah, we're not saying that um, you know that there are no consequences to actions there are we believe that to be so oh yeah so. yeah civil consequences there's always civil consequences to a crime but what we're talking about here is is when people um act inappropriately they're, they're damaged right and the more they do it the more damaged they are right and us our inability to forgive them doesn't change that either way right all it does is help us get the clutter and the poison out of our soul right they're not getting away with it okay myth number four forgiveness leads to greater vulnerability 
Many people seriously wronged, abused, and assaulted, and in response they develop a great resentment and anger, and the anger makes them feel strong and less vulnerable. The idea of not having such anger and rage can feel like a loss of power with subsequent increased vulnerability. And, you know, um, we do. We feel like there is some power that we lose when we don't remain angry at someone that's harmed us, you know? But does forgiveness really increase vulnerability? Because if those who were assaulted forgive their assailants, does that really mean that they would fail to take precautions such as locking their doors or avoiding strange places at night? Of course not. In reality, such individuals are generally less vulnerable because they have they have become more sensitized and therefore are more alert and they take more precautions. They got better antennas, if you will. Right. Plus, those that cling to bitterness and refuse to forgive are emotional time bombs waiting to go off at the slightest touch. They easily react with anger, often misread innocent events as offensive, you know, do a little mind reading. You see insults where there's none intended. And this oversensitivity results in less self-control and greater susceptibility to provocation. Just holding on to that stuff, uh, we can just be ready to go at any time. Right. So imagine you've just returned from lying out on the beach, and unfortunately you seriously overdid it and you have a severe sunburn. What would you do if your child jumped on your back or your spouse gave you a big hug? Might you instinctively push them away or have a reflexive feeling of anger or irritation? So how much more if someone purposely slapped your shoulders? But after a few days, after the sunburn has subsided, if your child jumps on your back and or your spouse gives you a hug, how would you respond? Yeah, when we forgive, we heal those emotional sunburns in our hearts. And it enables us to engage in many more experiences without the pain or the irritation. Remember, those who cling to bitterness and refuse to forgive are emotional time bulbs waiting to go off at the slightest touch. Mm. Yeah. Right. So um, myth number five is forgiveness means restored trust. Mm, That's a myth. Mm. Yeah, like we discussed in a previous program also, forgiving someone does not change him or her. Trust is based on trustworthiness of the individual. Forgiveness is a change of heart attitude for the victim, not the assailant, and it results in the injured person relinquishing any demand for vengeance. In no way, however, does it restore trust. Not until the offending parties demonstrate that they are trustworthy can trust be reestablished. I think that one's pretty clear. Just forgiving somebody does not restore the trust. They got to... They got to man up, if you will. Well, they have to. There has to be proof that there's a reason to be trust to be trusting towards them from yeah. that point. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up. Right. Wishful thinking. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. So, um, myth number six is forgiveness means forgetting. Hmm. That one's a little tricky. Uh, forgiveness does mean forgetting in some ways, but forgetting does not. Uh, Forgetting does not, however, involve memory erasure, if you will. Okay. You know? Right. Um, we all got memories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we all have—God's not in the business of tinkering with people's brain to erase their memories. Right. If he would have done that, he would have done that in the beginning when the devil rebelled and took one-third of the angels. He would have just— 
wiped right. the devil out and erased erased the memories of the all the rest of the angels and said, you know, let's let. But God doesn't tinker no. like that with your brain. No, but the thing is, is I think in, and I've experienced this when, um, you know, when I have gone through the process of forgiving some things that uh, some people from my past is that. Um, it's no longer in the forefront of my mind. It's mm-hmm. not, I mean, if I want to, I can go back and I can dredge it out, out of my memory and I can mm-hmm. um, make it real today. But it's kind of like um, it's gone. You're not going to use it as a poker chip in the game of life anymore. Right, exactly. It's 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 gone, but it's never forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. Um. So, you know, can you remember, those of us that are parents, can you remember a time when when your children told you a fib and you had to discipline the child? Did he or she repent and ask for forgiveness? And did you forgive them? Now that forgiveness, repentance, and reconciliation have occurred, do you think, here comes that little (laughs) liar of mine, next time you see your child running down towards you? I mean, just because the child has done something wrong in the past, you don't you don't apply that label to them for the rest of their life. Right. You know, you guys kiss and you make up and they don't longer have that label. Right. right? But uh, that's because reconciliation has occurred. The transgression's forgotten. And as far as the relationship is concerned, because it's no longer relevant to the relationship, but is it memory erased? No. Are the facts that what took, of what took place, place still part of history. No, this type of forgetting can safely occur only after reconciliation. To forget before the person who has offended you has repented would open oneself up to really unnecessary risks. Yep. Uh, this myth also stems from misunderstanding about how God handles situations. In the Bible, God states that if we repent, he will remember our sins no more. Many well-meaning people have taken such passages to indicate that those in heaven will have no memory of the sins and the mistakes of the righteous, that the recorded sins of the righteous have been erased and vanished from recollection. Let's use our reason to explore this possibility and see if it withstands scrutiny. I mean, really, uh, let's... the, The books in heaven are a metaphor... They're a metaphor for something a whole lot better. Well, and I think it's to t- that God is trying to teach us he's, something. He's trying to teach us something. So we can we can look back at the story of David, Bathsheba, David and, Bathsheba. and Uriah. Yeah, I mean. So what happens when Samson pulls up and he says, "Solomon, you mean?" Or Solomon, yeah, not yeah. Samson, Solomon. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And he says, hi, Mom, to Bathsheba, and Uriah's going to say, well, we didn't have a son, or we never had a son named Solomon. Who, where did he come from? Yeah, and then it's all going to ex- get explained to Uriah, probably through his guardian angel, who knows the whole history of the whole thing. And the guardian angel is, uh, the angels up there are not blocked from us, uh, from looking over our shoulder reading the Bible about the history of David. They're not, they're not, uh, they all know. God knows. The angels know. We know about David. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be erased. Right. It's if, not a secret. No. If you've got a child that's got leukemia and and you go to a doctor and the doctor heals the child from leukemia, wh- how are you going to witness for the doctor after that if the healing of the leukemia is erased from your mind? 
You know and, what I'm and saying? And how are we going to witness for God if our if our if if our history is right. erased from our mind? Right. We're going to go f- right because then all the Bibles would have to be. They all have to be burned no because Bibles. there's all kinds of people's history in that. Right. Yeah. So things are not erased, if you will. It's just that history is history. You can't erase it. And I think some people are afraid of their history, but we don't need to be afraid of our history. No, we don't. God, God accepts us just the way we are. He understands that we did what we did was sick, and that that we can get well. He desires to restore us before that time. Yeah, yeah. When the devil accuses me of being a scoundrel, Jesus is going to say, "Hey, that's the old rich. That's his past is irrelevant now. He's a new creature." He did what Jesus, or he's, you know, like Jesus says, you must be born again. You need a new heart and a right spirit. And and I and I firmly believe that uh, that God understands all about the past and how we acted and how we acted out in fear. And that perfect love casted out the fear and changed us as people. And now we're different people. You know, folks, you can give us a call. We're about out of time, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook, called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison. Please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.